I believe the word, the Lord has a word for you today. So if we can, let's just open with prayer. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm going to ask you to just kind of put your hands out in front of you, almost like you're receiving something, like something's being given to you today. Lord, I pray as our hands are open, God, even myself, that you would just come and that you would give us a word, as Pastor Jack said, that's going to change our lives. It's not about the way I say it. It's not about me. It's you, God. It is your word and you're all over it. And so today, God, I'm praying and believing that you're going to set some people free in this room today, God, that you're going to do some mighty miracles in their life, God. And when they leave today, they will never be the same, ever be the same. The things that you put in their hands today, God, they're putting other things aside so that they can hold on to what you have for them today, God. And I just thank you for it. Anoint your word. Anoint my lips to, to say this the way you want it to be said. And it's in your mighty, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you, uh, in your Bibles, if you will, open up to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, it's right after Proverbs. So as you're flipping through, go to Psalms. Usually you can just open the middle of your Bible and you're in Psalms. That's a huge book. Uh, and then uh, more than likely you're on Psalms 119 because that's a long chapter. But you open up your Bible, flip Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Chapter number three. Today we're talking about there is value in your season. There is value in your season. Somebody say, there's value in my season. Man, today some of you are going to say that and you're going to actually believe it. Some of you are going to say that and you're actually going to believe that there's value in the season that you're in. Ecclesiastes chapter number three, verse one through eight. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. This scripture is, um, man, it's, it, it, it has so much meat to it. You see that there is, there's always seasons going on in our life. And some of you have been in some of these seasons. Some of you have been in a season of mourning. You've lost someone in your family. You're mourning for the city and what's been going on. For some of you, you're, you're in a season of joy and dancing. For some of you, you're in a season of tearing things. For some of you, you're in a season of sewing things back together that you might have torn too much of. There's different things going on in our life. And what we see in Ecclesiastes is that there is always seasons of life, but there are always value in whatever season that you're in. There is always value in the season that you're in. Some of your seasons, you're on a mountaintop, but other days you might be in the valley. Some seasons you are harvesting and others you are planting. There is a different response from those in each season. On the mountain, you feel accomplished. You feel happy. You feel like you have victory, but in the valley, that's where defeat is. That's where questions come into our minds because we feel like we're way down here and no one sees us in this valley. 
And we're going with this somewhere today because let me tell you something. There are seasons in life where people walk away from the Lord. Some of you have found yourself in a season and you think that season is a punishment and you think that God is not righteous anymore and we walk away from him because we've not found the value in where we are. I'm going to say that again. So many people have found themselves in a season that's not one that you jump up and shout about and you've measured God and said he is not righteous anymore and you've walked away from the Lord in that season. And so we're going to talk about that today. There's always these different feelings. When you're, listen, when you're planting something, that's not easy. When you're having to plant things, that's not easy. What are we planting? That might be your, your sowing. You, 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 you started out on the 90-day tithe challenge, and you're still sowing that seed. You're like, I ain't seen the fruit yet, but you're still putting it in. You have to clear out some dirt. Sometimes planting things in your own life, you got to reach in there and pull some things out of you. And that's some hard work. You can't just come through. If you've ever done anything in your life, if you don't get rid of the root, that stuff's still there. So, so many times we try to come through with like, we call it purging, but it's just cutting back. We go into a season of cutting back and the Lord's like, that stuff is still there. I need to take you into a season of purging where the claw comes out and we start digging deeper into what's really going on. But there's value in that. So that one day when you're on the mountaintop, that thing doesn't grow back up and choke you out. So in that, there is hardship. But when we go and get that harvest, there's joy in that. Everybody loves plucking fruit. Every time I talk to somebody with a garden and I might help them with something, I'm like, man, I'm going to plant a garden. Then I try it and I'm like, no, this ain't for me. This is not for me. I ain't got the patience for this. I love plucking it and eating it, but I don't want to put in the work for it. It's the same thing with hunting. Like, I don't want to sit out in the cold for hours waiting on it, hoping a deer comes by. I just want to go, hey, bro, you got one? Can I get some of that backstrap, please? We all want those seasons. We all want those seasons. But we got to start to see the value in the season where there's some work going on in our lives. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4 says, The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek his harvest and have nothing. So many of us are trying to find fruit in a season that we didn't work for. We're trying to just let the Lord do all the work and we go to our fields to find something and there is nothing. And it's real easy for people in the church to start pointing fingers at God. It's real easy for people to start going, Lord, you said in your word, if I do this, 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 and this, it's going to happen this, 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 and this way. And the Lord's going, you didn't do it this, 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 and this way. (laughs) You did it your way. But you still want the fruit of that. You, the sluggard, will not plow in the autumn, which means you got to put in the work when it's not the season for growth. You got to put in the work when it's not the season for growth. There isn't a season of planting and sowing. There is no harvest to follow that. If we are not spending a season of planting things in our life, there is no harvest that can come with that. We cannot have one season without the other. Everybody understand? For those in the room that hate bugs, it needs to get cold so we can kill them. (laughs) If it was hot all year long, there would be these pests with us all year long. There are reasons for seasons. Things need to die, and we need to burn off some property so we can replant some stuff. Every season benefits the next one. And I want to say that in your spiritual life. This season that you're in is going to benefit the one you're in next. 
There is a reason for it. There is a reason for it. And we're going to talk about those reasons in just a little bit. But as you go through these things that are hard, I want to talk to the people today that are going through a hard season today. I want you to remember 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. In this you rejoice. Oh man, let's lean into this verse. In this you rejoice, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have to be grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is testified by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. For some of us, we heard, ooh, let's rejoice in this. I'm about to quote this verse all week long. Let me write this down. If though for a little while, it's necessary for your faith to be tested so that when you go through it, you'll be stronger on the other side. You will be stronger on the other side. You cannot know God in different ways unless you are in a particular season. If you're not sick, you can't see him as healer. If you're not lost, you can't see him as the one who finds you. If you are not alone, you will never know that he is near when no one else is around. You have to go through things to discover more about who God is. So if you're in a season where you feel alone, wake up and realize God is with you. He is near to you. He is close to you. When you are weak, that is when he is what? Strong. But we do not know that. We can talk about it and say it, but we do not know it until we experience it ourselves. I can tell you all day long that when you are weak, he will make you strong. But until you experience it on your own, you will not be able to understand how he truly comes through and is strong when you are weak. Rejoice in this. Rejoice in this. For some of you today, I say rejoice in this. And your flesh is saying, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to rejoice in this. But your spirit man's going, take heart. Because at the end of this, you will get a revelation of Jesus like you've never had before. You will see him in a whole new way that will change your mind, that will change your life, that will set you free. And you will look back at this season and go, I am thankful for that valley. I am thankful for that valley. He has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. Pastor Jeremy, I'll still said it this way this week. When things are not going as you hoped, instead of looking for an exit route, consider the possibility that you are to stay the course. Difficulty is not necessarily a sign you are on the wrong path. Often it is not change that is needed, but grit and determination. Sometimes in your life, it is not change that is necessary, but it is grit and determination. God is trying to forge you. Listen, when it talks about those fires and gold, those are hot fires. There's a lot of pressing that goes into that. There's a lot of pressure and stress that goes into that to make it fine and to make it beautiful and to make it strong. It's the same thing in our lives. He has to press us and push us to a place that we get the grit and determination so that when we do go into a battle, we already know how to fight. We already know the faith that we're going to need to walk into that. So I want to talk to you today about three reasons why you're in the season you're in. You ready? And I'm talking to the ones that are in hard seasons. If you're like, man, I'm great. I danced all morning this morning. I'm feeling good. Then you need to take notes and set a reminder on your phone in two weeks to go back and look at these notes. 
What is it? Pride cometh before a fall? Is that, is that what it says? So there are three reasons you're still in the season that you're in. You find yourself in a place that you, you, you don't understand why you're there. Some of you in this room have heard a promise from the Lord, but you haven't seen that promise come through yet. Some of you have heard the word of the Lord tell you something specific for your life, but you still haven't seen it yet. I want to give you three reasons today why. Number one, you aren't ready. Number one, you are not ready. Just as the situation with David, when he was anointed king, he returned to the field. When David stood before the prophet and he poured the oil over him, he didn't go, where's my chariot? It's time to go to the palace. He turned and went right back to what he was still doing. Some of us in our lives have been anointed for something and we think when that anointing comes, it's time for us to go. And the Lord is saying, no, I'm just preparing you. I still got some things to teach you in the pasture. You want to go straight to the palace, but God's got some things he wants to teach you. We have to learn to value the pasture. Not many people like the field. I'll say the field. Not many people like the field, the pasture where the sheep are. Why? Because nobody sees that. Nobody sees that. What do you mean nobody sees that? The prophet didn't even know David existed. All the other brothers were invited to the party. David's out there doing his work. He was all alone by himself, tending to the sheep. But can I tell you something? If you're in the pasture, God sees you. God sees you. Where you are. The season that you're in. The place that you're at. You think no one else sees you. He sees you. There are parties that are happening that you're supposed to be invited to. He'll make sure you're there. Your season and your opportunity and your anointing comes along. He's going to make sure you're there because it's for you. But you got to make sure you're where he's looking for you. Okay. This is a place that is hidden. It's not seen. But in this place is where David learned most of his valuable lessons. When he fought Goliath, he had already trained in the pasture with lions and bears. When he fought an enemy that no one else wanted to fight, he had already been fighting lions and bears in the field. He came across tough times. He drew from the well of praise and worship that he practiced in the pasture. He learned how to protect his flock and love on the sheep way before he was ever in charge of people. For some of you today, you need to lean into what the Lord's trying to teach you or show you because it is not in vain. He is preparing you for your next season. You just haven't made it there yet because you're not ready yet. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to be okay with not being ready yet. Because there are things that had David not been in the pasture, he wouldn't have learned how to fight. So he, he didn't know how to go fight Goliath. And then he goes out there and he gets killed. And that's what happens in our spiritual life. We think we're ready before we're ready and we go to fight things that we have no right fighting yet. And it takes us out. The Lord is not trying to take you to seclusion or to this season that you're in to discourage you. He's taking you there to prepare you. He is taking you there to prepare you. David could not have defeated Goliath without the confidence built in the pasture. 
David couldn't have survived the hardship of being alone on the road had he not learned how to enjoy the presence of the one that mattered out in the field. He knew he wasn't alone. Why? Because he had been alone in the field his whole life. So that when he was running from the enemy and he was in caves by himself, he knew how to sustain himself. He didn't need anybody else. He had the one to sustain him. He had the one that was going to be close to sustain him. We've got to get to a place where we realize that he is the one that sustains us. David wouldn't have been able to be successful had he been promoted to king right away. Had he been promoted to king right away, he wouldn't have known. For those that don't know the story of David, there was a moment where Saul was oppressed by a demon. Like this spirit came over him and he's like, do you know any, any person that plays an instrument? That's anointed. And they said, there's this dude named Jesse. He's got a son named David. David entered into the palace to just play music for the, for the king. And at the time he's playing music, he's learning how the palace functions. Lord, you anointed me as king, but I'm sitting here playing for a king that's on my throne. Lord, you anointed me to progress. You anointed me to progress in my job but I'm sitting here playing music for the person that got the promotion over me. Lord, you told me that I was going to be able to get over this fear and anoint me to get over it, but the person that I'm afraid of, they just seem life is good for them, and I'm just sitting here playing music. I'm in this lowly place, and the Lord is like, I'm have you here to teach you how things function so that when you get here, you will have no problems. So for some of you in the room, and I know some of this is getting a little deep, I can tell by your faces, you're like, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> the Lord has you where you are because he's preparing you. The Lord has you where you are because he's preparing you. If you feel alone, you feel like you're playing music for everyone else around you that's getting promoted, going above you, he's preparing you. What he said he would do, won't he do it? Won't he do it? He will do it. The next one. The next one. This is kind of a long point. There are things in you that need to die. There are things in you that need to die. I always want to take you via scripture. I don't ever want to just come up with these things out of my mind, but the children of Israel were told about the promised land. And they were full of doubt. For some of you today, God has promised something in you, but it's going to take full faith to walk into that season. So what happened with the children of Israel was the ones that doubted, they had to be driven into the wilderness and killed off so that a new generation could be raised up. Because there were things that were about to happen down the road that God needed a people full of faith. God needed a people full of tenacity, full of fight in their life, full of true reliance on him. So he pushed them to a place to where they had to fully rely on him and there were some that weren't going to make the trip. There are things in us, in our life, that if we want to see the promise come, we have to go to the wilderness and allow it to die there. What are those things in our life? It might be bitterness. Some of you might have to go to a wilderness to let bitterness die inside of you. That thing cannot go with you to the promise. It might be offense. You get offended at everything. 
You get offended at everything. And the Lord's like, I've got to do some things in your life. I can't have you offended. I need you to get over offense and I need you to learn how to just let it go and keep pushing forward and listening to what I have to say about you. It might be doubt. There might be doubt in your life that's going to keep you. Those people could have walked into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb came back and they said, we can do it. Let us go today. But because the doubt in them, they had to be pushed into the wilderness for 40 years. And there were things that had to come off because there had to be a generation that rose up that didn't have the doubt. It might be fear. It might be sin. It might be things that you fall to. The Lord is wanting to push you to a place. In the wilderness, you come across dry seasons. How do you know you're in the wilderness? You might find a dry season there. You come across moments where your source of most everything has been cut off and you have to rely on God. If you're in a season in your life that you are struggling and you feel like the fire has gone out or you are dry when it comes to the things of God, you need to turn to him. You need to turn to him. In the wilderness, he became their source. He became their source. He provided manna and quail. Listen, when they lived in Egypt, they got, a, they got a cut of the food. Their meals were provided, but they had to go to a place now where there was nothing. It's a wilderness. There is nothing that they've been able to plant or to grow in their lives. There's been able to be nothing there for them. And so now they're going, Lord, the only thing that we can do is turn to you. And so many times we get to this place in our lives where we've got to be pushed to where we go, those things that used to get you going for Jesus isn't going to be enough where he wants to take you. For some of you, you've been able to pray or put on the right worship song and it gets you right to where you want to go. Some of you have been able to read the right scripture and it just, man, it just lights that fire again. And the Lord's going, where I'm taking you, you don't need just this little, little flame. I need you to have something in the depths of you. I need you to pull from down here where it comes from me. It's not something that you can just be done by man or a song that you put on your radio. It comes from me. I want to take you to a place where you completely rely on me and that fire, I am the source of it. Not anything else but, but me. You can read all through Exodus and see the doubt of the children of Israel. They were just like the modern church. As long as they were being set free, it was a party. Long as their prayers were being answered, they was clicking their heels. They was throwing parties, having a good old time. But they get to the Red Sea and turn around and see Pharaoh's right behind them. Oh, you brought us here to kill us, God. I knew it. Some of you have been praying through something and he broke you and set you free of it. And the first thing that comes against you, you're like, you just brought me here to kill me. You just brought me here to hurt me. These people had been oppressed for 400 years, set free, and they come to a little, a little sea, and fear comes back up, strikes back in their heart. They go straight back to that mindset of fear when they were in slavery. They weren't set free of it yet, so they had to be pushed to a place where they could be. So then the waters part. They literally walked through the waters. Literally walked through waters. Anybody ever seen a sea split before in your lifetime? They part and they walk through it. They get to the other side. It closes. They start getting a little hungry. You brought us out here to die. 
You wanted to kill us. You wanted to end us out here. Do you not just remember what he did before you just days ago? Do you not remember what he did for you in that last season? Yes, this season is tough, but he's got a promise that he's taking you to. There's some things in some of us that need to die. There's some things inside of some of us that need to go away. God needed to take that generation out and birth things in this new generation so that he could do the impossible. I mean, we're talking about a generation that rose up and marched around a city seven days and didn't say a single thing. Imagine Joshua comes and says, all the other generations have gone off. He comes to the people and says, all right, here we go. We're going to go march around this wall seven times, but you can't say a single word. Okay, sure. And they march around the walls and they march around the walls. And he goes and catch this on the seventh time. We're going to yell at the walls and they're going to fall down. Time out. Walk around it seven times. And on the seventh time, instead of like scaling their walls, fighting an epic battle, we're just going to yell at it. Yes. Okay. Sure. And they do it and they yell and the walls fall. God is wanting to do something in you in this season that will get you to a place that you will believe for the miraculous. So that when he tells you to march around some things, you'll do it. When he tells you to believe for some things, he's going to do it. And that you will step up and rise up to that place. God wants to have you in a season for huge faith. In the desolate place, the place of no water, the place of no resource, the place of wandering, that place where you just feel like all you're doing is moving around. Why am I even here anymore? Why do I even believe in God anymore? You're in a wilderness and he's wanting to take some things out so he can take you to a promise. Find value in the season that you're in. Don't look at the wilderness as a punishment, but as a teacher. Look at it as a place to reconnect with the source. Then when the time is right, God will tell you to pick up. You have camped at this mountain too long and then he will bring you into your new season. If you feel like you're in a wilderness, there will come a day that he will look at you and say, you've camped here too long. It's time to go. I've taught you everything you needed to be taught. Everything that needed to die off in you has died. It's time to go. It's time to go. Hang in there. Hang in there. Don't look at this time as a punishment. This is not a punishment for you. This is a teaching place. This is a growing place. This is a place of stretching. The last point is this. The place that you're going isn't ready. The place that you're going isn't ready. Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm about to read something to you I read this past week. And as soon as I read it, the Lord dropped it in my heart that there's going to be some people in this place that have been waiting for something to happen, but it wasn't ready, and I'm going to show you why it wasn't ready. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Mm. I'm taking a little time because I hear pages still turning because I want people's eyes on it. 
Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, listen, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not feel, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Whoo! That promise that the Lord is telling you, somebody's breaking their back building it for you right now. Somebody in the room that's waiting on something, somebody's breaking their back for you right now. And God is saying, I don't want you to sweat over it. I want you to learn what I need to teach you. And then I'm going to bring you into a fulfilled promise. You've walked by faith long enough. Your reward will be when you get into that season, everything you've ever needed will already be there. For those that don't understand what I just read to you, cisterns, you had to dig deep because it stored rainwater so that you had a source to be able to live your life. Vineyards took years to grow to produce fruit. Olive trees. You want to know what olive trees were used for? Food, lamp oil, medicine, anointing oil, sacrificial oil, and wood for furniture. The Lord, when he said, I want to take care of everything for you, I'm going to take care of everything for you. When you get there, there are vineyards and olive trees already planted. The anointing is already there. You ain't got to go find it. It has been provided for you. Somebody else has put in the work for your next season. You just keep walking where you're at. Good and great cities that you did not even build. There are essentials in your next season that are still growing. Essentials in your next season that are still growing and they're not producing yet. But God wants you to know today that when you walk into that next season, it'll already be ready for a harvest. What does that mean? If there's finances you need for your next season, it's, it's producing right now. It's getting ready to produce, okay? I guess I need to break it down just a little bit. Sometimes we can talk real spiritual and everybody's like, uh, I'm waiting for an olive tree. What does that mean? <laughs> The olive tree represented so much source. It, is, it wasn't just a tree for shade, guys. There was food. There was anointing that came from that. There was sacrificial oil for all of their worship that they needed to do. They had the right things. They were able to have wood for furniture so that they could live. So in your life, as you're moving on, some of you have felt like there is no resource in your life. Some of you have felt like, man, I have read my Bible, I have prayed, I have gone to church, and I just don't get it. I just don't understand what's going on, and God is saying, there are some things that are growing. Let me teach you where you are, and then I will take you by the hand, and I will lead you into that thing when it's ready. Because he doesn't want to take you somewhere that you already have to work for. You're putting in the work in the wilderness. You're putting in the work in the pasture when nobody sees you, so that when you get into that promise, it's already done. He does it for your benefit. Holy Spirit wants me to tell somebody in this room today, he didn't do, he, he's not put you where you are to hurt you or to punish you. He has not put you where you are to hurt or punish you. He has put you where you are to prepare you and teach you. So the hurt that you have inside, the frustration that you're feeling, the questions that you have, turn to the teacher. 
the one that puts you in that place and say, Lord, what is it? What is it that you're wanting to show me in this season? We have to find value in the season that we're in. Can I get the praise and worship team up here? My heart as a pastor breaks for people that sometimes just don't see where they're at. I understand everything in our flesh is screaming. Everything in our flesh is screaming we're here because we're punished. We always feel like when things are cut off, it's because we've done something wrong. Now, there are times where seasons in our lives, we put ourselves there. I'm not downplaying that. Because... We're all human. We all think we know best. And then one day we wake up and realize, no, I ain't know best. I, ain't know, <laughs> I messed this up. Lord, I made this wilderness. Can you help me out of it? And he's good to help you out of it. But I'm talking about the ones that just have those questions in your mind, that brokenness in your heart to try and understand why you are where you are. And the Lord just wanted to say today, I want to teach you. Today, I just want to love on you and prepare you for what I have next for you. So every head bowed and every eye closed in the room today. Lord, I just pray over the hearts of your people today, God. I pray that they heard you today and that for some that have been wondering why the things that are going on in their life have been going on, you're just wanting them today to know that you're just going to teach them. You're going to love on them. You're wanting to prepare them for somewhere they're going because they're not ready yet. Or there's some things in us that need to die. Or maybe there's some things uh, in the place that we're going that's not ready yet, God. You are our source. You are the one that we got to be connected to, God. And you are the one that does it. So today, God, in just a moment, as we come and sing again and come to the altars to be prayed for today, God, I just pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. You would just speak to their hearts today, God. We love you. We praise you and we glorify you today, God. Thank you for the seasons in our life. I thank you for those valley moments. I thank you for those wilderness moments in my life. Those times that it was hard. And it was pressing. But man, I'm so much better on the other side of it because of it. You're so good that you see the benefit in everything for us. And we love you today, Jesus. Before we sing this next song, I just want to give you a chance to respond today. Maybe somebody in the room today is saying, you know what? I came back to church today because I just need to get my life right with the Lord. I don't, I don't even have a relationship with him anymore or I've never had a relationship with him and I don't know anything about seasons. All I know is I just need Jesus. I got some stuff that's controlling my life that I need to let go of and say yes to the Lord again. If that's you in the room today, every head bowed and every eye closed, all I'm gonna ask you to do is when I just count to three, it's just a simple raising of your hand, just a, a, a signifying that that's me. That's me, Pastor. I need to get my life back to the Lord. I need to get some things right. I've tried to do it my own way too long. 
and I want to do it his way. One, two, three. If that's you in the room today, thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands today. Thank you for those hands today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm. We celebrate those decisions today. We celebrate those decisions today. If everyone in the room will stand with me. I'm going to ask my prayer team, my board, my staff, if you're in the room to come stand, some leaders in the room to come stand down at the front and just face this way. We're asking them to come up because in just a moment, if you raised your hand, I want you to come. I want you to pray with somebody. If you're not comfortable with praying with someone, there's an altar and you can kneel at the altar. We just want to encourage you. We want to pray with you and help lift you up. If you're coming down for salvation, you tell them, hey, I'm here to give my life to the Lord. I want to say yes to him today. Let them know that so that they can pray with you specifically. But in just a moment too, if you're in this room and you've been in a season that you didn't understand, you've been in a season where you're just like, man, it's been dry, it's been rough, and I thought it was a punishment, but today I've realized it was for my benefit. And I just want to come before the Lord today and say, Lord, I thank you for this season. I thank you for the place that you've got me in right now because it is for my benefit and my growth. And I just praise you, Lord. You are the one that can do it. So in just a moment, as we begin to sing, I'm going to say, come on down. And if that's you, you want to respond to this moment, we want you to respond. Again, for you too. If you don't want to pray with someone and you just want to come to the altar, we're not going to step in front of you. We'll let you come and kneel and somebody will just come behind and pray with you. But we do this because we want to encourage you and let you know you are not alone. You are not alone. We've all been in these places. So as we sing today, I want to invite you, if you raised your hand for salvation or you raised your hand today to say, or you haven't raised your hand, but you just want to come and respond to the word today. If that's you, as we sing this, you may come.